Thank you for joining us today on Elemental Collision. My name is Dave Graham. Today we're going to be talking empathy, agency, and a cup of coffee with Alex Kaza of First Blade. Let's join the conversation. Right. Alex, I know this is probably the most random encounter you've had this year. And I say that in a non, yeah, one of those kind of ways. Anyway, <laughs> it's so good to meet you. I, uh, I think I first saw your name pop up in a random kind of Twitter feeds. I think someone had retweeted something that you had written about First Bloom, which is your company. Um, and I saw coffee. Yeah, you know, really, I'm pretty much, I'm sold after a coffee, but you know, that the intent there, it becomes even better. So uh, let, let's start with who you are, what you do, and then we can kind of take it from there. Yeah, sure. Well, first off, I appreciate you reaching out, David, as well, and, and kind of having me on here. Uh, it was a random encounter, not in that way, but uh, definitely, uh, definitely up there in terms of like sliding into the DMs for a fun, a fun time. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so a bit about me. My, my background is in engineering. Uh, I started as a programmer when I was like 16, just kind of learning the ropes, um, doing a lot of freelance work and, and just kind of figuring things out. And then eventually I got a job at a startup in Montreal. And that was kind of like my first swing at being in the startup culture and just kind of actually doing development work. Uh, from there, I joined another startup, met my co-founder there, and we kind of ventured off into coffee kind of at the same time. Um, I was in it a couple of years before him and just kind of like dragged him kicking and screaming into it. He'd always kind of understood it, liked it. And I just kept making him Americanas at work. And then he just kind of fell in love. And that's kind of how first bloom started. Uh, really? Nice. Well, I mean, you know, you, you bonded over something eventually, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, you know, you would think that coffee, especially within the software and engineering world, I work for a tech company on, on the day job side. And, you know, you obviously have a pedigree in that space as well. You know, coffee tends to be the ubiquitous brown liquid that everybody kind of, you know, goes to the break room for because they got a, you know, midday refuel or they've been burning the midnight oil as the expression goes. Right. Um, so that's really cool. I mean, I'm glad you brought, brought them along with you. I mean, I think that's, that's important. You know, when we look at coffee, we look at kind of the institution of coffee, we look at where coffee is usually served, right? A lot of that focus is around society. It's around social uh, kind of behaviors, right? So I always ask this question and everybody comes on here. <laughs> I think I, I pre-warned you as well. You know, what in your, in your own words, and to you, what is, what is, what does community mean to you? And you, you can actually put the lens of coffee on that if you want to. Yeah. So take it away. Yeah, totally. Uh, community to me is really kind of a system of, of trust and kindness. And that's kind of what I've landed on over the past couple of years. Um, if you're not welcoming, you don't really have a community. Uh, and if you have high barriers to entry, it's a form of community, but it's not a very productive one. Um, and I, I've kind of really wanted to create a space personally, but also kind of getting into them of, of acceptance and, and being welcoming to people who are interested in joining that community. Um, and really just having each other's backs, but also being willing to call each other out when, when there's bullshit flying around and, and being comfortable saying truths to each other in a way that don't um, hurt feelings, but also, you know, kind of elevate and, and bring people forward along with you. Um, I don't know if any of that's really making sense in this context. Oh, it does. <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really kind of what I've been landing on and trying to understand those systems of trust and understand those systems of kindness, but also 
candid feedback um, so people can continue to grow. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, there, there's a, a phrase I'll steal from the Bible for a second and speak the truth in love. Or maybe that wasn't from the Bible, but you know, hey, whatever, pedigree. Um, you know, speaking that truth in love and being willing to, you know, embrace the, the wildly varied nature of community, right? All sorts. Yeah. It's not just a, it's not just hipster fuel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's everybody, you know, I remember my grandma, you know, growing up, I mean, this, this was her water. There was no, you always knew grandma Rempel would be, you know, would be pouring that cup <laughs> first thing in the morning, old Mr. Coffee maker. I mean, that stuff smelled like turpentine, oh, yeah. but you know, it got the job done. Right. And it was always that kind of, it was a known, it was a constant. Right. So yeah. You know, I, I appreciate, especially when you mentioned the words trust, you know, I think anytime I hear the word trust kind of show up, you know, especially given my research <laughs> academically, it's always intriguing to me because, yeah, you're, you're bonding over this, this idea uh, or ideal, right? Single purpose or multiple purposes, but you're, you're kind of finding unity in this. And it takes a lot to be able to reach across even the digital divide now, like I'm talking to you and you're in Montreal, I'm outside of Boston and yeah, there's a level of trust here. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to lead you down paths that you're not going to believe, you know, and that you're not going to be able to, to support or whatnot. So coffee, community, it's a wonderful thing. So what started your passion for coffee? Please don't yeah. tell me it was programming. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the, the caffeine became a, a positive side effect, actually. Um, I mean, I, I was kind of the, I don't know if you're familiar with what a double-double is, but it's basically two cream, two sugar from McDonald's or Tim Hortons here. And that was like my, my fuel when I was working uh, retail sales at a computer company. Um, and it kind of snowballed after I started getting into wine actually, and unpacking that part of just culinary experience, I guess. Um, and wanting to replicate that as closely as I could during the day, because you have these moments of, intention and being aware and like really embracing what you're drinking so that you can have those mindful moments. Um, and it was actually a friend of mine who took me to a cafe in Montreal called La Finca. Big shout out to them. They have the best Chemex in town, hundred um, percent. And they, they found out they were like, Hey, you're really into this. Do you want to just do like a flight of Chemexes? Like, okay, sure. So they brought over three Chemexes back to back. I've never vibrated so hard in my life. Um, but it was like the most amazing experience because it opened my eyes to natural Ethiopian coffee, which was like drinking blueberry cobbler. My mind was completely fucking blown. Like I, I needed this at home. Right. Um, and that was the catalyst for me falling into this rabbit hole, like picking up a B60, getting a grinder, trying to do this like every day. Um, and it became a ritual and it, it just like opened my world to not only an amazing experience that you can have multiple times during the course of your day, but it gives you a break, helps you walk away. There's amazing people in this industry. We're trying to support systems that are off the beaten path that aren't part of commodity coffee trading where people are getting paid a bit better. We're trying really hard to make that part of coffee consumption less commodity and more value focused. Um, and all of those things just kind of like hit every check mark for me. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta stay in this. I gotta figure out a way to make this work. And that's kind of why. Right. So out of that, gotta make this work came what was its first bloom, the, the first iteration of this, or has this been a, a journey, a process? What's, what's gotten you to where you are? Yeah, it's definitely been a process. Um, 
So that same friend who introduced me, we actually started an Instagram page together. Um, him and my other good friend are super into cycling and I have a background in photography as well. So I was like, okay, well, what we can do is we can create this cycling and coffee community since they go hand in hand. I'll take the photos, you guys ride your bikes um, and we'll just bond over that. And so we did that for about a year. And in that time, I realized that there was a segment of the market in coffee that was kind of underserved, but also untapped. And there was this growth happening where you could just see more and more people starting to look at it and see, hey, there's this other thing, like coffee doesn't have to be loaded with milk and sugar. It can taste great on its own. Um, and so I kind of tried to figure out how can we make it work and how can we turn something into, I don't know, a piece of technology or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, so we actually developed an app that was kind of like the untapped or Vivino for coffee. Mm. Um, didn't work out the way we anticipated. Coffee is inherently way more complicated than either of those things um, for a whole host of reasons. Um, but so that kind of, you know, it took off. We got a couple thousand users. It was like, okay. Um, but what we realized is that the actual market that needs to be serviced is the one of people like myself five years ago, where they heard about it, they were looking at it, they tried to replicate it at home and it sucked. Yeah. And then they were just like, well, why am I going to spend, you know, 18 to $25 per bag when I can go to the grocery store and get a pound of coffee for $8? doesn't make sense, right? Exactly. Or you drive towards these, you know, never compostable, you know, cake cups that are ruining the environment. And exactly. I have a ton of them. Yeah. And it's, it's that convenience and that like, well, fuck it. If I can't, if I can't make the experience what I want it to be, yeah. then why am I going to invest the time? And so that's where we landed now. And that's, that's really what we're trying to focus on is creating this kind of bespoke coaching service for our clients in our early alpha stage. So we can figure out how do we scale this out to as many people as possible so that they can have that aha moment. And when we see that aha moment happen, it's like, it's magic. Like the ritual becomes something that they can't live without. They enjoy it. They're doing it two, three times a day. They're buying four bags of coffee at a time. Like it's a complete 180, right? And so this is great not only for those people, but it's great for the industry because it's hopefully going to accelerate the adoption of, of that mindset shift of coffee is not just a commodity. It's also a value add, not only for the, the drug part, but for the actual like taste and enjoyment part. And so that should hopefully lead back to farmers and producers and importers and everybody who kind of gets squashed along the chain more of that value. Yeah. That productization curve is huge. I know. So I buy a lot of my green beans from Sweet Maria's in, in Oakland and they're, they're ph- phenomenal. I'll give them a shout out cause I've gotten my roasters from them and you know, everything through the years. And you know, they, they always place a lot of emphasis on, you know, this is where it's coming from. You know, I think a lot of that, that provenance, if you will, you know, that, that origin gets lost. You know, we walk into Starbucks and we see, you know, there's the Komodo, you know, or Verona or whatever. And you kind of look at it and you go, I'm going to pay 18 for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I don't know anything about this or the, the general critique that Starbucks is over roasted, which whatever. Yeah. I worked there a long time ago, 20 years ago, actually. <laughs> you know, I can probably attest to some over roastiness, but <laughs> relative to everything, you know, there is that, there is that curve, that unknowing um, aspect of it. Right. There's obviously economic value in supporting those who are, are doing this. And hopefully by supporting them, there's also a sustainability thing in the back end, right? So much is being said today. I mean, we've, we've been witness to it within even the past couple of weeks, right? The incredible amount of fires and devastation that's happened in California and in Colorado. And that's 
you know, tri- trickled its way across, across the United States. I remember seeing the sun turn bright orange and haze out there. But these sustainability things, you know, like we, we want to focus on this. And you, by supporting those, you know, kind of in a, in a weird fashion, it actually prevents that kind of overstimulation, if you will, or overbearance on, on, on the ground. And, yeah. you know, finally that economy of scale too. I think people, I remember, I, I still have my French press and it's been, I think about six years. You know, that's something that I spent 20 bucks on when I got it, but that's something that's persisted. You know, and people don't realize I'll, I'll spend $30 on hundred K cups from Amazon or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's gone like this, but this is something that now all I need is water. I need grounds. And by the way, that bag of coffee can last for a heck of a lot longer oh, yeah. you know, if you do it right. So you talk about all this accessibility and, you know, turning that light bulb on that light bulb moment of, Hey, this stuff actually tastes amazing when it's yeah. done in the right way. Yeah. So walk me through and don't give away any secret sauce if you don't <laughs> want to, but you know, walk me through kind of that approach because all this crap that I have on my desk over here, you know, represents a significant investment, if you will, yeah. things, you know, and it's, it's not about the things really. It's about the people and it's about the process. So yeah. give me a, Give me a little insight into First Bloom and what you're, what you're trying to do here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the biggest word for us, uh, there's two really, there's empathy and agency. Those are the two main kind of pillars of how we want to operate as a company and, and how we want to help our users. Um, the empathy part is because we understand that there are different socioeconomic situations. There are different levels of want and need as well. Um, and so what we do right now is we're working very closely with the people that we onboard to figure out, okay, what do you have? What can you get out of that? And how can we operate within that? And are you willing to spend a bit more to get to where you might wanna go, right? Um, And so those are kind of our our key questions at the start. And then we take that and we kind of shape the rest of the experience around that. So if someone is super new, we had a client who had absolutely nothing. Great, Uh, let's get you a a grinder, a V60 and a kettle, right? Uh, And they were willing to pay up for that. It's like, awesome brought them in, um, and then from there, we're coaching them on how to brew that coffee and how to, under, how to use the equipment and also understanding what's happening. And that's where the agency part comes in for us, is you see if ever you've spent any time online looking at Blue Bottle or even Starbucks in some cases, Reserve, or any even micro roaster, they'll have parameters for their coffee. Here's how you do it in a V60 or a Kalita Wave or French, whatever. All of that is irrelevant unless you have the knowledge of what those mean and how to even affect those things. And so a one to 16 ratio at this grind size for seven minutes might not be the right recipe for you anyway. So why does it matter? Why do any of these numbers matter? So then we basically spend the rest of the time unpacking that. We'll focus on technique and then we'll focus on on unpacking what extraction is. How does agitation affect your brew? What are the stages of extraction so that you can lean more towards one direction or the other? Um, And I, I feel like I may be giving away a little bit much, but it's, it's also, it's one of those things where we've spent so much time with our clients that I think it's going to be hard to replicate the experience perfectly anyway. Um, and I, I'm more passionate about making sure people understand the value than anything else. So if someone takes this and does it better, awesome. Because at the end of the day, we just want to celebrate coffee and get people to celebrate it more. 
No, you're building community. I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, I, I, you know, I'm watching you obviously through the Zoom thing and you're lighting up when you're talking about this. And that's a sign of somebody that has passion for something, right? Passion for purpose. You know, yes, this is a great delivery vehicle for, for that kind of, that, that passion, that intent, like you're saying. And I love empathy and agency. I mean, that's a, you know, my marketing brain, which is, you know, what I do as a day job, you know, like within, that, within the tech space. And we're always looking for simplification. Yeah. We're always looking for how do you distill the values of this very complex topic? And trust me, yeah, as you've illuminated it, as I've shown you here, yeah. it's, it's very complex. But how do you distill that down to somebody like walking in the door? You know, how do, how do I communicate, you know, on my side, how do I communicate the ideals of artificial intelligence <laughs> and fifth generation wireless networks? Because yeah. Everybody you know, like, Oh my God, this, this, this is what Rogers is doing this, this week. This is what AT&T is not doing this week. You know what I mean? Like, but being able to show people in the moment, like you said, and you identified it early on that moment, that light bulb kind of shows up, you know, <laughs> existential light bulb. Hey, I understand, you know, enlightenment has happened. You know, you've not only got a convert to your, ideology as it relates to coffee, but you've also built a relationship. You built trust there. And like you're saying, again, yeah, somebody can come and take this. I'm sure those bespoke, you know, coffee services. It's a great idea. I actually love it. You know, like those are the type of things that, you know, and I was, you know, I'll plug the little stem and bean coffee shop here in, in my little town, uh, which is unfortunately closed due to COVID right now, but it'll be back. It'll be back. But one of those things is I, you know, I got the chance to roast out, you know, use my roaster outside in the patio there and it's an open area. And then people come by and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. What's that smell? You know, when you, and you've experienced this, no doubt, you know, that sickly sweet caramel, <laughs> you know, like right after first track and you're going in and you're, you know, it gets nauseating after a while to truth be told, if you're just sitting there and just like huffing coffee, I don't know, that's a different type of application of the, of the drug maybe, inside. Maybe something there. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, coffee scented candles are about as close as I get to that, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, the, the curiosity, you know, we're social creatures. We want to know what other people are doing. It's, you know, we can, almost can't help it. Yeah. So that conveyance of I'm teaching you really that value chain that gets propagated. there. You yeah. go and show other people what you're doing. By the way, it'd be nice if you came back to me because <laughs> I can probably do some more stuff, but like doing that ongoing thing, I think it's, it's powerful. I mean, and, You've said it well, empathy and agency. So take me past those initial meetings. Do you, do you kind of wrap back around down the road? Like, uh, do you introduce more advanced type? I say advanced, but like choose your poison, right? You go into alternative things like nitro or do yeah. you like, what's, what's kind of the, on the menu, so to speak? Yeah, right now we're really focused on people brewing with filter as much as possible. Um, we have a couple of clients who are, are playing around with espresso. We like to avoid that mostly because it's the most finicky and complicated. Um, and that's also where a lot of frustration can lie for people is they'll get into coffee with the mindset of espresso is specialty. Um, and that's a whole other thing that we could unpack. But that future episodes yeah, there. Just, yeah, just yeah. Warning. <laughs> totally. um, but it, it so kind of walking through the filter steps a bit more is we'll, we'll make sure that they're confident to a point where they can identify what their extraction is like. Um, so after we kind of get technique down and, and kind of understanding the agency aspect of how can you affect certain variables to get the results that you're after for a specific copy, it becomes a conversation around taste and then it becomes a conversation around replication uh, and consistency. And we've had a couple of clients who were like super into it and really interested in the whole idea. Um, 
starting to share their recipes with us. And like we're now doing our, their recipes at home and we're giving them feedback and like we're going back and forth. Um, and that has been kind of like, okay, we've taken you from what we call coffee curious to almost post barista, which is like, you're almost falling out of love with coffee and you're kind of getting into the technique. And now any coffee will do, I just want to brew it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the trajectory we're seeing. And that's really where we think we're going to add the most value early days is that zero to one. And as we continue to grow, it's, it's recapturing that. Right. Yeah. I think there's a, yeah. And I think there is a level where, you know, I know my fascination with brewing techniques, you know, I, again, I got, I got the opportunity and privilege really to do some of the barista level work, you know, Starbucks, actually, actually Starbucks, I avoided anything behind the espresso machine as much as possible. And this is back in the day when everything was manual pulls too. So no, none of the automated one button, you know, 22 seconds, you know, 22 and a half seconds and, you know, perfect pressure, you know, 11 bar or whatever it was to, you know, being able to do this at, at the local coffee shop and realizing how badly I sucked at it. Right. And like you're saying, the nuance is everywhere. I mean, you fuck that cup up. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're redoing it yeah. and it's time, effort, energy, compaction, all that kind of fun stuff. I think there is a certain disillusionment that happens and we'll call it disillusionment. It's probably not, you used a better term for it, which escapes my ADD brain right now, but like that almost beyond barista yeah, where it becomes rote, it becomes mechanical. Like I know, all right, kettles on, hit boil. I have 1.25 liters of water in there. I know what I have my eight scoops in my French press, you know, eight tablespoons or whatever it is, which some ratio whatsoever. I'm going to fill it up to this level. I'm going to wait five minutes, compress, done. Now that's going to last me. This one will last me. <laughs> I mean, I'm only that far away. Um, you know, this is going to last me, you know, for the morning. All right. Then rinse and repeat. Oh God, I got to clean the filter. I got to, you know, I got to clean the screen. I got to do all this stuff. Well, if I leave it in the sink, it'll turn into mold. And by the way, coffee mold's going to kill you. <laughs> you know, all these things. And you get into this point where it's like, eh, you know, why bother? Right. Yeah. You know, it becomes almost too mechanical. So I, I like the idea of reigniting those fires. And maybe that's something that, you know, you're able to see. Like, I think you, you mentioned the Chemex, you know, mm-hmm. like I've had Chemex maybe two or three times in my life. You know, it's like not something I've normally done. Right. You know, so for me, you know, like getting, doing the pour over here from Goat Story, I'll give them a shout out because I did sponsor it and <laughs> kickstart it. You know, like doing, doing pour over for the first time, just paper filters, you know, pre-soaking, doing that stuff and following their examples, kind of going through the app and, you know, figuring out, okay, this is a weight that they want to do. You do end up finding a way and there's some, something magical and mysterious that led me to roasting. You know, like, hey, I, I want to take control of this moment, you yeah. know, like, this is my sunrise. This is what I want yeah. in doing that. So reimagining that passion, I think, you know, again, you're excited about this. This is passionate for you and, and being able to convey that, you know, through the means of empathy, but also through the means of community. Like you're saying, taking those recipes back, I think is huge. And yeah. do you see yourself setting up even as your company grows, you know, doing something like an online community? Uh, I'll call it the coffee Twitter <laughs> for lack of a better way or coffee LinkedIn. I mean, whatever, choose your poison coffee, Facebook. I mean, that's, that's terrible. You'll be yeah, stealing all your analytics and we that. don't want to do that. Um, do you see yourself doing something like that where it's like kind of an open exchange, like an op- open market or, or what? Yeah, that, that's kind of in our, our, our plans. We, uh, my co-founder and I have been talking about it a lot more recently because we've really been trying to think about, okay, what is the value created and what is the value captured? Um, and I think that us recapturing, that value creation from our community is, if we don't do it, it's a lost opportunity. And it, it becomes also a way for these people to bond uh, with each other and, and find that sense of, I don't know, understanding what, how other people live, how other people brew their coffee, what their rituals are like, how can we 
kind of get the best out of this cup. Maybe we're teaching them wrong things and the community will kind of call us out and, and we get better and we get stronger, right? And that's where that candid feedback comes in. And I think that by us having that message board, whatever you want to call it right now, um, it, it, it creates that sense of accountability for everybody who's involved. Um, and especially if we're, you know, trying to work with a limited set of coffees that you can order. Um, everyone can have more shared experiences. You can understand the differences in, in water from one county or one province to the next um, and how you guys can optimize your brews for that, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's so much that you can do with the data and with the coffee and with how it's processed, how it's roasted, how it's grown. It, it kind of becomes endless. So that's, that's definitely kind of top of mind for us. Sure. So we remove COVID from the world stage. Yeah. What would your, you know, again, don't give anything away from your trajectory and your plan, but, you know, as it stands today, you know, in September, you know, COVID's not around. You're doing what? Are, are you still engaging one-on-one -on -one in person with, you know, with your customers? Are you doing a storefront? Why? I mean, what, what are you looking like? What, what, what's your end, what's your end game there? What are you, what are you trying to do? Yeah. So if, I guess it's kind of twofold because there's two scenarios and maybe you can clarify a bit. If we, if COVID never happened, we'd be on a very different trajectory. I can okay. guarantee that. Um, if COVID stopped today, I don't think we'd change anything. Um, I think COVID gave us the permission to explore something else. And it was actually a chat with um, a kind of mentor investor person um, who brought up the idea of creating some form of marketplace. And that was kind of a catalyst that brought us down this discovery path, right? And, and it was through that that we understood the, the untapped potential is really, like, really here. Um, and so I, I wouldn't change a single thing that we're doing. I think we're on the perfect trajectory no matter the landscape, basically. You actually got to where I was badly asking. <laughs> I, I've, I've seen this happen. I interviewed a, or talked to, had a conversation with a, a, a startup out of Belfast called NetMinds. And their idea is connecting mentors to mentees, right? Bringing startups into communication with each other and to, you know, people within the community, you know, looking for funding or, or whatnot. And they, they actually had a pivot because of COVID. And that pivot ended up leading them to the place where they needed to be, you know, right? So we always have this plan, you know, my life would be this, I'd be traveling internationally right now. I'd actually be probably be in Ireland right now based on my, my academic studies and whatnot. But where I ended up, you know, you know blessing in disguise and a terrible, terrible, horrible disguise. You know, this is yeah. literally the sheep wearing the wolf's clothing, you know, <laughs> is where you needed to be. And so, yeah. Again, I'll just reflect back to you a little bit. You're comfortable where you're at. You're excited with where you're at. And it's actually giving you opportunities to, like you're saying, explore. Take a chance on something that, yeah, would it, would, had the world been different, it wouldn't, wouldn't be in the place where you are. So yeah. I think that's, that's great. You had the flexibility and, you know, young, agile company, right? So. Yeah, definitely. And I, I do also want to illustrate that I do think that COVID was a blessing in disguise for us as well. Because there is... I mean, the at-home coffee adoption fucking skyrocketed since then, right? Yeah. People were like, I don't know what to do now. I don't have cafes. I don't have a, a work espresso machine or a drip machine. I don't know what to do. So th that definitely does play a part into our feasibility. I think it accelerated more than it shifted. Um, mm. But I do think that at-home consumption mindsets will have changed because yeah. of COVID. Um, and I don't foresee as many people going back to not brewing coffee at home, if they have their aha moment. Um, 
which quite a few people have. But I think there's still something to be said for a cafe. You can't replace that experience. But being able to invite people over and brew like a big pot of coffee for seven people and all have them go through that oh shit moment. Yeah. That's it's magical. Like seriously magical. Yeah. Uh, well, Alex, I, you know, I appreciate your time today. It's been illuminating if you will and you know you've you've got a great perspective i think you know again there's there's a lot to look at the world and say hey you know it's not where it, where i want it to be it's you know, i'm feeling pretty depressed about it but it's also another thing to kind of grab the opportunity there like you're saying a blessing in disguise it's been terrible it's affected people in, in, in awful ways not to minimize that whatsoever but i think within the excitement and within your passion you've been able to carry something forward you've been able to bring meaning you know to something that you know, like you said, has been a commodity and now can be more than, you know, it's still maybe commoditized on the market, but it's something that you can bring more purpose and intention to. And by doing that, you're building community, you're building relationships, you're building trust, which is again, cornerstone. I really appreciate your definition. It's, it's great. Actually, there was enough nuance in there that it's different than what I've heard from other people. Not a lot of people bring up trust necessarily. Maybe it's implied, maybe it's not, but you explicitly stated it. So it's something you're noticing. And in a world which kind of sucked in and kind of forgotten the social, right? Because we have to. Yeah. It's nice to see that your emphasis is bringing social back one cup at a time, if you will. One idea. Oh, that was terrible. No one ever used that. <laughs> I already took notes. That's oh, yeah, yeah, cool. I can, I can see it right away. You know, that'll, yeah, yeah. that'll be, that'll be, uh, you know, a cup of later. Um, but anyway, you know, so I appreciate you coming on, you know, discussing at random, you know, at random with this, this guy from Twitter and about, you know, something that we have a common, common interest in. So really appreciate it. I, we will dive into, I promise you, if you, when you can spare the time, we can dive into the espresso conversation because it intrigues me. It it does. (laughs) There's enough of my, uh, my technical brain that kind of goes, Oh, right. You know, this, this is great. You know, it's, we're dealing with a lot more. (laughs) We can talk about the Clover, uh, the, you know, the Clover press as well. The, uh, that came out of MIT, which is phenomenal too, but don't want to give too much away. So thank you for your time. Thank you for all the way from Boston to Montreal. Folks, I encourage you to go to firstbloom.co and sign up, especially if you're in Ontario and in Montreal. I guess that's your region locked right now for a little bit, right? Canada. Perfect. Well, do that for all my Canadian listeners, of which I'm sure there's a few. (laughs) (laughs) Go do that, Alex, as always. Great to have you on and uh, I look forward to having a conversation with you again over another cup. Same to you, David. I appreciate your time. And uh, whenever I can talk coffee literally for hours. So Well that's that's good. I've got yeah. I've got hours for you. So. Cool. <laughs>